0: The sports world is in such a tizzy right now. I told Tan- Dan Patrick, take a hike. Wow. Yeah. All right, we can't have you on today. Whoa. Whoa. For his 505 gimmick.
1: <laughs> because Dude, what's up
0: with that? Bro? I know. I know. I was like, take the day off, buddy. Wow. We got this. You know. Because you yours got to... is probably a little bit old anyway. <laughs> you recorded it this morning.
1: You had no idea, did you, Danny? Come on.
2: That said what he had to say. Then left to go get wings.
1: Absolutely,
0: see. <laughs> I I totally forgot to bring this up, and it, it, it wasn't like anybody on Twitter got after me about this for forgetting about it. it. It it just it popped in my head, and I felt so bad for not saying anything. Uh, congratulations to Lon Kruger. Yeah, he'll be co- going to the College Basketball Hall of Fame. That'll be coming up this fall in Kansas City. Definitely deserves it, not just as a player, but as a coach as well. What a great career that he had, and it was great to see him back in Manhattan when the Sooners were in town, and uh, he received that table that was made from the older Hearn Fieldhouse floor. <laughs> oh, that, that, yeah. One of the coolest things I've ever seen, yeah. by the way. That, I think they also uh, auctioned one off for—oh, um, I forget the name of the—but anyway, yeah, K-State auctioned one off not too long ago. I'm like, man, that would have been great That'd to have. Been, so uh, it had like the old, a lot of the old school logos on it. I was right. like, dang, that would have been sweet. That would have been rad. But, again, congratulations to coach and former player here mm-hmm. at K-State Law and Kruger.
2: Still amazes me that Jack Hartman is not in the hall, by the way. Winter is in. Yeah. Gardner is in. Hartman is not who's the other one out of K-State? There's four, right? There, There's there's the two coaches, and then, uh, and then you've got uh, Rolando and okay. Boozer.
0: Oh, there you go. Okay. Well, the guys, the big news of the day is K-State men's basketball releasing that teaser video of what the non-conference is going to be. I think we already know most of the games. Yep. Um, and I love those videos they do. They basically give them these clues. Like I think they showed a mascots and they had to guess of who the school was. That's a great game. K State does like the game where they put the uh, is it like the I can't remember what the name of the game is. But I think it's like an Ellen Degeneres game where the title is on their forehead on the phone, and when they get it right, they can like flip it down and it goes to yeah, the next one. Yeah, but they got to you know go through the clues or whatever. Uh, no, I, that is really cool news. It's cool that they're doing that. The big news is. And it's incredible news. It's insane. It is shaking the world of college sports once again. Conference realignment is not done and this next round is just the start of this current round. Yeah. Because USC and UCLA, they have already applied. That news is already out there and now we're just waiting on the vote. But it's going to be it's going to be confirmed. I mean, there's no secret about that. It's going to happen. UCLA, USC going from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. This comes, of course, a year after we find out Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big 12 for the SEC. And what we can kind of gauge from the information already out there with the addition of these two, the Big Ten is now going to stretch coast to coast. Then I'll have some sort of claim to the big media markets, the three biggest sports markets in the United States, in New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles, we now have the answer as to why we, we they don't have their new media rights agreement yet. That's still being worked out. We should have known what it is by now, but the delay is because they're expanding, and they might not be done yet. No. Someone I just saw had laid out the map
2: of what this is now, and- you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of when the Dodgers and the Giants moved. Oof. Because that's exactly the distances you're starting to look yeah. at in terms of travel. Right. Because they were literally out the, out on the West Coast alone. Man. The Cardinals were the furthest West team until that point.
1: Wow. Hmm. And people were hmm. like, how are we going to do this? Yes, no right.
2: way. Well, now it's Nebraska that's the furthest West team out of the Big 10 grouping until you get to LA.
0: I mean, honestly, oh. good for USC and UCLA getting out of that crappy conference when sure. it came to the Power 5. You sure. want to talk about just poor ratings. It, you know, poor media rights agreement. They were the lowest out of the Power 5 in my opinion. I mean, West Coast anyway, in general just when it comes to ratings for sports is just tough in general on Saturdays, and college football is what is driving these new media rights agreement deals and the surge of power conferences. Now that we are seeing develop 16 now a piece for the sec and the big 10 when Texas and Oklahoma join the Southeastern conference. And then it'll be 16 once USC and UCLA join the big 10. Now, The reason, and I mentioned this in the first hour, but the reason this is all coming out today, I mean, this is the deadline for USC and UCLA to let the Pac-12 know that they're leaving or they want to leave, because if they didn't, they would have to pay more money to leave. And the media rights agreement for the Pac-12 ends in two years. Well. The Pac-12 finds himself in a very tough position because not only are those two L.A. schools leaving, but there's a good chance a couple in the Northwest, the Pacific Northwest, are going to be bouncing too. The reports are out there that there's a good chance that the Big Ten is not done with the Pac-12 poaching some teams and that you know the thought is that they're definitely going to be going after Washington and Oregon. So the Pac-12 is in some big trouble. And I... When it comes to the Big 12, I'm not worried. There's a good chance that Brett Yormark is going to start adding some teams. Like, that's the idea, right? That's the direction things need to go. Go get a combination – well, the the combination talk did have Oregon and Washington considered. Like, that would be best-case scenario. But also listed Oregon or – I'm sorry, uh, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah – like, if you could get four of those six, that's a pretty good job well done. That would be a great move. And so, But if it was the other way around, Pac-12 trying to go after Big 12 schools, uh-uh. I, I don't see that happening at all. The Big 12 is in a much better spot than the Pac-12, clearly. But they're to me, they were in a much better spot than if things just stayed the same. If things just were the way it was yesterday, the Big 12 is in – a better spot, So, no, I do not worry about anybody from the Big 12 leaving. Um, Shout-out to the Kansas Jayhawks, who are... <laughs> hey, guess who didn't get picked to go to the Big 10 this time around? Again. It's not KU again. <laughs> Living that dream Oof. that they are going to go to the Big 10. Not happening. Um, but where the Big 12 currently stands right now, you know, yes, adding Colorado, which... I think it was Troy that tweeted it out, right? Yes. That uh, poor Colorado kind of made a bad judgment back 10 years ago, wasn't it? And then
2: on top of it, guess who's stabbing them in the back in this case? The athletic director who made that move 10 years ago, Mike Bone. Wow. USC's current athletic director.
1: Oh, I'm just
2: looking over, by the way, John Kenzano is has by far and away at the Oregonian been... The guy who has had his best fingers in everything Pac-12 over the years, and especially the Larry Scott stuff, and he happened to be calling around to athletic directors this morning before all of this broke because he was trying to get a feel for why season tickets appeared to be selling slowly in the conference. Well, he found out because of this. But he says that the general feeling is that this is a Fox-prompted
0: maneuver. Wow. So it's ESPN versus Fox. That would be it. Fun. I love conference realignment.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. So what if we just start scooping a Big 12, starts scooping up all the Pac 12 leftover guys, and then goes and poaches some guys from Conference USA, then poaches everybody from ACC, and creates a third super mega conference and uh yeah what do you think about that mitch and that just seems like too many teams to know, split like, the pie with Let's you go know 47 teams blue around robin it start the season robin. starts the season in april get done in, in you know uh, march
0: honestly That's probably your best chance to keep things regionalized.
1: Yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. You do pods.
0: Because the way things are going right now, I mean, the regional portion of college football, that is done. It is.
2: It is done. Here's the question, and John nails this question, because remember how John Wilner termed this in the initial tweet, and that it is the higher-ups have not approved this yet. That this was at the athletic director level. Would the presidents at USC and UCLA veto the move?
1: Do they have the power I mean, can they tell the athletic department Mm -hmm. no? Wow. Sure. Sure. Wow.
0: But I don't think they're gonna say no.
2: I I doubt it. Twenty million difference by the way, in terms of what USC Uh, and uh, UCLA got this past year versus what Ohio State uh, as an
1: example. Yeah.
2: Got from their
0: conference.
1: Money's 20 talks. million. Money talks. Well, and
0: know. the Big Ten is going to get its new deal. It's going to be north of a billion dollars. It's going to be a better deal than what the SEC is going to be getting from Disney.
2: Which is unbelievable. I mean, but you're right, because the markets are going to be different.
0: And it's been thrown out there. Like, and I totally could see it going this way, where it, you know, 16 teams is one thing, but it would not shock me if they go further than that. Now, would it happen, like, really soon i don't think so but it could especially if the big 10 is not done with the usc and ucla with expanding if they go after oregon and and washington you're basically forcing the sec's hand and they're going to want to expand once again but who do they go after at that point because the acc is pretty tied up in what they have going on right now with their deal it would cost right. those schools so much money to leave.
2: The, the, the one that has been mentioned in terms of an overall athletic department, or at least was being bandied about this afternoon, North Carolina, because of its successes in all sports across the board. Clemson, you think, would have to be in that mix, given yes. its power in football. South Carolina, though, is not going to want Clemson to come in. It that, that, that would be along the lines of Texas A&M and Texas again. And we know how even that was a, a tough buy-in for Greg Sankey to get A&M to be okay with. Yeah, the, Texas coming back South Carolina coming in.
1: South Carolina-Clemson is spicy. Yes. I, I had no idea until yeah. just a few years ago. And I was like, oh, wow, they really Do not like each other.
2: Now, if you're North Carolina, do you completely blow up the college basketball's best rivalry, quote unquote? By you don't think
0: Duke North Carolina is the best college basketball rivalry?
2: I don't, but that's my. What do you you think is? I'm curious to know. What do you think is? I think that there are rivalries that can give it a run. The problem is is that ESPN latched onto it and much like what they do to the Yankees and Red Sox, blow it completely out of proportion so that everybody in their minds thinks it's the best rivalry.
0: Wow, I mean, I know it's a tad bit off topic, but I'm dying to know the answer to those hot takes you just gave. Those are to say you know baseball's best rivalry is not the Yankees and Red Sox, and for college basketball, it's not Duke and North Carolina.
2: I I will say that when it was a rivalry. Kansas-Missouri would be right there with it in terms of the heat and the history.
0: I can entertain that.
2: That was my view of it. But ESPN got a hold of things, much like they do with everything else. Missouri leads for the SEC. You got it. Yep. I mean, just, just like it just drives me absolutely batty that everything is Yankees-Red Sox, Yankees-Red Sox. Yankees. No. No. No, we don't want to constantly be served Yankees Red Sox. Just stop with that.
0: I mean, when Red Sox fans show up to Yankee Stadium, I mean they're getting booed out of the building. Just by walking down the aisle. Sure. But name a name a team
2: that goes into Philadelphia and doesn't have that happen. (laughs) (laughs) That's just Philly fans in general, though. Right, but that's the point. I mean, you know.
1: I always thought the Dodgers Giants rivalry really didn't get as much coverage and, and it should have it, it's really rough that one gets uh, heated and then of course the parking lots are a mess yeah the whole thing uh, with that poor man getting yes. beat up and you know oh and it's and, dying. and
2: you don't even hear it and talk about but uh, parking lots at Dodger Stadium are just utter I mean it, it it's mad Max at times Oof. anyway back on to the football yeah, topic yeah, yeah, yeah. anyway you know but here we are now you have two networks that are essentially
0: trying to run this whole shebang. Well, I mean, they're the two networks that control sports anyway. I mean, obviously, ESPN is – I mean, it's the mothership, like Dan Patrick says. Like, they have the majority of the control, but Fox is trying to catch up, and they have something going, which you just mentioned, with the Big Ten, and the Big Ten now making a giant money move Mm -hmm. by picking up two teams in Los Angeles, which, again, I mean, they're mostly known for being its pro sports market – but it also doesn't. I mean, doesn't hurt you to have two LA teams that USC. I mean, we still talk about the Rose Bowl in 2005. Yeah. UCLA has just domin- Or has had its run in college basketball.
2: Boy, are you putting a lot on if USC can replicate its history? Honestly, I mean, if you if they you have the think brand. about that, you're putting a lot. They have the brand. You're absolutely right. Can they bring that back? We saw Nebraska make the move to the Big Ten based on brand. They've not come anywhere close,
0: but I, man, I mean, Fox has its. They have you know basically a headquarters. Oh yeah, in Los in Angeles. Yeah.
1: Can you think of a program that's had more peaks and valleys than USC? I mean, really, they were it forever, mm-hmm. and then they way down seventies, eighties ish, or eighties, nineties,
2: seventy, late seventies. Yeah, started in the early. Early eighties, yeah.
1: I mean nothing, and then Pete Carroll shows up, and it's like all of a sudden now they're winning every game, and I mean unless it, you know you count those two Kansas State games, right? But, um, yeah, I don't know any program that's ever had so like such a deep, like such a it's just so high and so low. They have gone up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, and you wonder can Lincoln Riley bring them back to prominence?
0: Well, coming up next, I want to. Res- I want to talk about, you know, the Big 12s. Now what what does the Big 12 do? And we we've talked about it a little bit, but on a market side of things, and you know what would benefit them to add out of the Pac-12, you know, the, the, a couple of teams that have been mentioned. I'm not a it does not excite me whatsoever when it comes to the media rights deal and its market that it would bring to the Big 12. I know there are a good chance to be added if the Big 12 goes that way but they just don't excite me whatsoever. We can talk about that next on the game. Well, we continue on with the game. Mitch Fortner with Troy Coverdale. David G. Travion Birkland is with us as well on the board. We're talking conference realignment because the breaking news from earlier this afternoon, USC and UCLA (laughs) are prepared to leave the Pac-12 for the Big Ten, pending a vote which is going to be later on tonight from the Big Ten. Um, So that is gigantic news as the media rights agreement for the Pac-12 will be expiring in two years from today. So that's when USC and UCLA do plan to leave, which would be in a couple of years, a year prior to Oklahoma and uh, Texas leaving for the SEC. So where does that leave the Big 12? Well, I mentioned in the last segment, I don't feel like the Big 12 is going to be hurt by this latest move. I mean, the Pac-12 is definitely... On life support at this point because it's also being rumored and there's a good chance that it does happen. The Big Ten, not done after getting to 16, expanding even further by bringing in Oregon and Washington. Now, I mean, best case scenario for the Big 12 would be adding those two. Doesn't feel likely at this point. But now having his hands full, getting ready to join the Big 12 as a commissioner here soon in a, what, a little over a month. Actually, more like a month. Would be Brett Yormark and that is expanding the Big 12. I mean, the door is open now to do so. you you, you got to find a way to keep up with the SEC and the Big 10. you got to keep up, especially with the new media rights agreement and um, the negotiations happening here very soon and the deal being put in place here in a couple of years. Now, the four teams that have certainly been echoed as the best players to add to the Big 12, when it comes to its potential, Utah, the Utes, who you know of course have Salt Lake City, Colorado, mm-hmm. that's Denver, and then you have Arizona and Arizona State. I mean, I mean Arizona, Arizona State were brought up last summer as being two teams you could potentially add to the Big 12, and that is because of the Phoenix market. You know, the Phoenix market does have a lot to offer. It is the 11th largest TV market in the country. But that doesn't exactly mean that it brings in great ratings when it comes to sports, specifically college sports. And looking at a a number of different sources that just try to back this up, when it comes to college sports, the Phoenix Tempe area does not pull its own weight. It's not beautiful, to say the least. No.
2: it. it, I mean, Arizona basketball, when it is good – We'll draw a fan base, but in terms of there being a dramatic grouping of fans, other than when Arizona State was good for a stretch in the 80s, when was the last time that you really heard about those programs and their fan bases being juiced about what's going on?
0: Well, that's one part of it. Another part of it, the rest of the country doesn't watch their games. No. I mean, there's a reason they're always – Pac-12 after dark. I mean, Arizona football has been really bad lately. The Kevin Sumlin era was horrible. And you mentioned basketball. Yes, they do. They have had great basketball, but even Arizona State hasn't been so great lately as well. But... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, Phoenix is, again, when it's looked at as a great sports TV market, that's clearly when it comes to the professional sports. Same as what I
2: told you about Denver a few weeks back when we talked about... The, the World Cup, Denver is heavily invested in pro sports, and especially in Broncos.
0: When it comes to the market size, yes, it does make sense to add those two programs. But, it, it, and I'm certainly, I mean, it is a bargaining chip as well, but to me, it's not, it's not an exciting ad, it, it really isn't, but you need the addition to... Give yourself, again, somewhat of an edge, if it's possible, for the next negotiations for the media rights. I mean, when it comes, though, to the market and them being a draw for actually drawing eyeballs to their games, I would much rather add Army and Navy. I mean, just as an example, Army and Navy. Army is New York City. They are a top 40 program when it comes to drawing ratings for their games year after year, and so is Navy, who splits the Baltimore-Washington, D.C. market. Folks don't watch those games out of Arizona. That's just the way it is. And again, the Pac-12, I mean, it was already dead to rights anyway because of being on the West Coast. And those, I mean, a lot of people being burnt out on college football by the time those big, tw- the Pac-12 after-dark games come
1: up. It's one of those things where if it would have been it can exciting and if it would have been denver and the phoenix markets if there's something that people really truly wanted the big 10 would have picked them you know what i'm saying but they didn't pick them they picked la cuz that's the best one out of those three to get and then like the seattle you know the the you know oregon and washington Portland. Like, that area, like, I don't know what they're going to do there either. I Honestly, I, I know that a lot of people watch, but is it an impact kind of thing? Like I said, I think if it was, they would have picked them. You know what I mean? They're left over for a reason because it's, like, kind of like, Well, I mean,
0: they, they're going to get picked up, but, I mean, Los Angeles, but you it, can't it, help but going after Los Angeles. Right.
1: It's like if it was a big deal, then it would have been – at the same time.
0: Like, why are they not looting at the same time? They would have
1: been like, hey, we I got... I don't know. We got USC, USC, UCLA, Colorado, Arizona, and Arizona State, or just Arizona. We got those guys, because the Phoenix one, that's an important market, but mm-hmm. not as important as well, they... Ne- that, that, uh, it, you have to be very important well, to get let, into
2: there now. Let's also remember, Arizona and Arizona State are not... Uh, are not the long term types in the Pac-12 sure. when it went from the Pac-8 to the Pac-10, which was just ahead of 1980, if memory serves me right. That was when those two schools came over from the WAC. How about that for a uh, flashback? Uh, uh, and and became sure, members. They sure. were they were original members of the Western Athletic Conference. Wow. And so. You know, for them, a move to the pack at the time was a heck of a move and gave them a lot of power that they had not had. But then the conference stayed at that for a while. Then we saw Colorado, Utah. But yeah, Arizona, Arizona State are latecomers just as Utah and Colorado are in the minds of many of the old hands Absolutely. in what was the old pack eight.
1: And, and uh, newcomers as far as nationally a brand, you know, like Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. really new. I mean, like they were in the same conference as San Diego State, you know what I mean? And like, even if the enrollment's bigger than like Kansas State, you're still, that's still new kids on the block. Okay,
2: so then let's consider that. Three of the four teams that we're talking that the Pac-12 added over time were teams from the old Western Athletic Conference. The two Arizona schools in Utah. (laughs) And Colorado comes in from the Big 12.
1: Right. And, you know, it was like a step that they felt they needed to make regionally. And it ended up, that's not where this thing went. It went away from region and more about TV markets. And I think that just, like, blows a lot of people's minds. In reality, what we are
2: seeing at this level is just an extension of what has gone on for years in the ongoing morphing of where people have power and where they believe communities belong or don't belong in the pecking order. You know, when you realize, just as an example, and and we joked about Idaho earlier. Okay, if you want to go back all the way to the formation of the Pacific Coast Conference, early members were Idaho and Montana. Idaho sits nine miles from Washington state. How's that for a, anyway, but, but the point there is, okay, Idaho tried moving up from one double a, as it was known at the time to FBS. Why? Well, the WAC needed teams. It became then a case where they and Boise wound up. Working in the whack for a while. Then Boise got the offer for the Mountain West. Idaho got snubbed. Why? People don't like going into Moscow. New Mexico State's in the same boat. We've seen conferences just kind of pick away at programs on the lower edge for how long. Now, we're doing it at the Power Five level and picking away and dumping off programs and communities that... Well, they're just not. They're they're not big enough. They're not good enough. They're not. That is damaging. Yeah. That is damaging, in terms of communities, in terms of uh, just how we even see ourselves. In, you know, with our schools, mm-hmm. as alums and the like, and that's disappointing. That college sports has gotten to that level but you know we've gone from four games a week on television and the NCAA had the control of it to everything's on TV now or streaming now and the money is just completely overrun everything
0: yeah, and to me the big 10 I don't think I don't think they could they, they couldn't care less of who exactly the universities were that were in Los Angeles they just wanted the Los they, Angeles right, market right right Oh, I mean, it just you, so happens. Can,
2: just, just, just adding the fact that the Los Angeles market now is added to the Big Ten network. <laughs> we haven't even touched on what that means for the Big Ten network. Oh. That's why Fox would be interested in, in the expansion on top of everything else, because Fox is the Big 12s or the uh, Big Ten's partner in the network. That's always been a Big Ten Fox co-owned entity. Now you just added LA, the second largest media market in the country, to Chicago and New York which you already had for your <laughs> for your conference network. Holy smokes. Oof. What they, a move. What a
1: move, man.
2: And and did it completely in darkness. Yeah, yeah.
1: I
0: mean to yeah. me this is a much it, I, mean, I should be careful about how much bigger I say it is, but I do feel like it's a bigger move than the SEC adding Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. This is, this is a boss move. Yeah. This is a you-can't-match-us-no-matter-what-you-try move.
0: Well, I mean, the, the Big Ten was already trending into a direction where they were going to make, anyway, more money than the SEC.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now they just blew it up that
0: much more. And I just question now how does the SEC, how do, how do they respond to that? Because it 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 draws back to the ACC being so locked up into an agreement that's well into the 2030s. Yes. Yeah. Where
2: what what is their path now? And are they better off helping uh maybe floating some of the programs that they want to bring in from the ACC? offer to pay their fee their exit fees then you've got texas and oklahoma getting offended at that point because well they're not getting their exit fees paid from the big 12 i mean there there's a lot of political ways to look at that
0: i won't lie like it does make me worry a little bit like i still feel like the big 12 is is fine oh they're in a position of power today
2: Given what has taken place.
0: With adding teams out of the out of the Pac-12. Yes. But would the SEC ever consider adding like Oklahoma State and Baylor? No.
2: No. They, they're they they're not going to want Baylor at all, for one, because it's Waco. They already feel like they have enough drag on places like
0: Starksville. I mean, they added, well, I mean, I was going to mention Missouri because they're in Columbia, but I was going to think of where they're at. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that like it's just it's it's wild how it's all shaken out and how those those teams.
0: I mean, Waco's not that far from Houston.
1: No, but it
2: is viewed almost as if there's a wall there.
1: Have you ever mm. been? I, yeah, I've been to Waco a few
2: times. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, interesting place. I don't think, but, but there, but there too. Uh, Okay, you know, I, I see people from the Pac-12 going, why didn't we add BYU when we had the chance? You didn't add BYU because, you, because Cal and Stanford weren't going to add anybody with religion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so now that leaves BYU in a solid spot, but it leaves Cal and Stanford going, wait a minute, if we want to go into the Big 12, means we've got to accept not just one, but two universities that are based in religion.
0: I don't know. I just I don't think you can leave anything off the table at this point. If you're either, either, I mean, the Pac-12, they're their only shot. I think is that group of five if they want to stay around. Pretty much, yeah. They're they're going to have to raid the Mountain West. But for everybody else, I mean, in the ACC, I mean, they're, they're sitting in their own kind of bubble right now. It feels like they're in their own little spot where they're intact right now, and really the only direction they would go is, well, they some of their only a couple, like only a couple of teams would be poached out of there and go to other conferences, and they would just have to try to survive from there. But they're certainly not as in a threat as like the Pac-12 is. It's not even close because of their deal right now. Correct. But the the SEC, like you mentioned, it feels like their only shot is to add teams out of the ACC.
1: It'd be like, I, and I mean, it has to be North Carolina, right? Clemson. Clemson. Duke. Florida State. What about... Miami. Possible. What about Florida State? I mean, those, like those schools right there, if the SEC wouldn't poach them, I think it would look cool and be cool and be awesome. But when it comes down to it, what did they add TV-wise? Besides Miami, I don't know. I think that's why the Big Ten – They've been so calculated with this move it was purely for that tv market they didn't add anybody no just that, cause. that, that,
2: that that's why Kinzano i think noted that this is a fox move
1: right right this is this is tv this is business this we're not in it to 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 be nice to some school and say come along for the ride this is strictly business and it was la was the target and they got the two schools and they're pumped. And and we'll deal with the details later. Later on. Let's iron it out later. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I just think the SEC to appear like they're staying up with it, to grab all or just a number of those schools that we talked about that are just mentioned, it just does it just doesn't seem like it makes them stronger. It just seems like they're trying to keep up with the Joneses, but they're not really they're not adding any true value. It's just the school to grab a school. And what?
2: I brought this up earlier just because I found it such an interesting point. But when you look back at the Pac-12 history and what at the time was a reformation of that league in 1959, the athletic director at Pitt was Admiral Thomas J. Hamilton, served in the Navy. He proposed what was then called the Airplane Conference. It would have been the Five former PCC schools, uh, specifically Cal, Stanford, Washington, USC, UCLA, wanted to have them playing with other majorly academically oriented schools: Army, Navy, Air Force, Notre Dame, Pitt, Penn State, and Syracuse. Ah! 1959. Wow. He proposed that. Oh, by the way, uh, it was the Pentagon that said no.
1: <laughs> they probably sent him. They. Probably... They probably had him checked out, too, for an evaluation, medical evaluation. Like, dude, are you nuts? Yeah, guess who became the first,
2: the reformed Pac-12, who became the commissioner shortly after they reformed?
0: Well, Pac-12 schools, you're basically free agents at this point. Yeah. You're on your own. Go find some homes. Crazy. The Big 12 might be looking, and I'm sure they are. Um Boy, pour I mean, f- just pour up 40 out for the Pac-12 after dark. <laughs> Somebody tweeted this out earlier. If you wanted to drive from L.A. to Piscataway, ha! New Jersey, it would take 42 hours.
1: <laughs> oh That's a
2: hell of a conference road trip.
1: Oh.
0: When we come back, we wrap up our talk on conference realignment, and let's finish up the show with some number one song of the day and ask us anything. <laughs> talk
1: conference realignment anymore for the rest of the week. Hey, uh, what God. do you think about this it scenario? It just bums me the hell out. Colorado State uh, bringing in uh, Air Force and then
0: uh, Washburn. The, and- issue, they also, the issue also with like conference realignment, like it feels like there's a ton of info out there, but there really isn't. Not and right. you just like, it's, it, it's a lot of speculation. Yes.
1: When but- is the last time something leaked before it actually like happened? You know what I'm saying? It's always like this huge bombshell that drops. But we've been talking about it. it Sports is a
0: lot of leaks. Absolutely. For sure. Uh,
1: 1970. Here
0: we go. 1970. American Woman by the Guess Who. Three weeks at number one. They are not an American band. They are from Canada. (laughs) Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada is where they're from. And their original name was Chad Allen and the Expressions. Well, Chad Allen was the original lead singer. He is not singing this song. That's Burton Cummings but also in the band guitarist Randy Bachman from Bachman Turner Overdrive this was the first band he founded the second was BTO uh, but the guests who they actually disbanded by Burton Cummings leaving in 1975 and then they continued on without any original members, and they are still that way today Wow, 66th best selling Canadian artist or band of all time and they're inducted into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame in 1987. Ooh. 22 studio albums, 14 top 40 hits. Their first of two. Number one's the other number one. No sugar tonight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. This is from their sixth studio album, American Woman. So let's get to it. So the, the music and the lyrics of this song, the way it actually originated was it was just kind of an in... It, the it improvised song on stage while they were in Canada, as Botman was playing some notes, and he's like, you know what, this is actually because uh, somebody was replacing a guitar string. He's like, you know, this is a uh, this is really good, and the band the 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 band started to recognize. Okay, th- we got something going. This is cool. And then they start making up some lyrics to it. The way they remembered this song is they realized there was a kid in the audience recording the concert on a cassette tape, and they're like. We need this. (laughs) We need this tape. They got it. They listened to it. And then they made the song happen. Now, the song's lyrics that you're hearing, well, it's a matter of debate. Because often interpreted as an attack on U.S. policies, especially with the draft. Well, Cummings has said that uh, in an interview back in 2013, they had nothing to do with policies. Quote, What was on my mind was that girls in the States seemed to get older quicker than our girls in Canada, and that made them, well, dangerous. And then, American woman, stay away from me. I really meant Canadian women. I prefer you. (laughs)
1: Wow. What he meant, he was like, I meant Central American women. Uh, (laughs) I like Canadian women better.
0: But Randy Bachman, he had a different take on it. He said he interpreted it as an anti-war protest song, explaining that when they came up with it on stage, both the band and the audience, they had a problem with the Vietnam War. Bachman said, quote, We had been touring the States. This was in the late 60s. They tried to draft us send us to Vietnam, but we went back to Canada, playing in the safety of Canada, where, uh, of course, Draft Dodgers went to, they fled the United States, so, of course, they weren't drafted, Uh, fortunately for the guests who, American radio stations, of course, didn't listen to the lyrics, they just heard America, and I'm like, oh, oh, we're all in, it's in America, let's play the song. And then they're. Like, and Wait it made, a minute! Say, hey. And it made the guests Who a lot of money. <laughs> it really <laughs> did. Uh, so, so the song's American success made the guests Who. I mean, com- I mean, major stars of the United States. On July 17th of 1970, they performed at the White House on the lawn for President Richard Nixon, whose daughter Trisha was a huge fan of the band. But they were. Very politely asked to not play, American Woman.
1: Oh my God! They're like, uh,
0: it was a matter of taste. That's the quote.
1: We don't have, we don't have anything else. We, we. Hey,
0: ow. now, Randy Bachman, he left the group a month after this song went number one in America because he felt, you know, the band's lifestyle just wasn't his vibe. It didn't match with his religious beliefs. And because of his departure they did not tour the u.s when this song was hot which could have made them a lot of money but they still made some money in the united states with its radio play and selling some albums american woman was the first song by canadian band to hit number one in the united states next to do so was Bachman-Turner Overdrives' You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet.
1: Yeah, I ain't seen nothing yet. In 1974. <laughs> wow.
0: Now, w- there are two covers that really stand out to me of this song. Two. You could probably think of one of them, right?
1: Uh-huh. Winnie
0: Kravitz. Uh-huh. 1999. He went number 49 in the United States with his cover of American Woman. We played it on K-Rock. I still think we do. The other one, and it's my favorite one, is when Jim Carrey sang this karaoke style in
1: The Cable Guy. He ripped it. Ripped it. Where he's like, <laughs> He's doing all the weird stuff. It's oh, a great boy. movie. Oh.
0: All right, let's What's just this? keep the music going. Yeah. DG's got some ascus anything. Let's re- let
1: it roll. Why you so fit, Steven? Uh, what would unlock childhood nostalgia music-wise? This is a song that you like brings you back.
0: The Power Rangers theme song. Yeah, yeah. Well, Backstreet Boys,
1: uh-huh. Super Mario
0: Brothers. Oh, I'm trying to think of the uh, music I first had, like when I got my
1: first CD player. Oh
0: man! You guys cut it off at the same time too. How about that?
1: <laughs> Yeah. Oh,
0: uh, but when it comes to, like, rock music, Leonard Skinner, for sure. When I Whenever I hear That Smell by Skinnard, I think back to when I was four years old and I first heard the song and I thought it was about farts.
1: And you're like, Dad, is this about... He's like, no. Well, my dad played it up like it was. Ah, ha, ha, yeah, that's a dad joke there for sure. Travion, you're four. Uh, what, <laughs> what song brings uh, childhood nostalgia for you?
0: Um, There's a lot. Um... Like the Jonas Brothers for me. Oh, Boy, oh. you're that Cause, young. Cause, well, yeah, because, you know, Disney Channel and yeah. uh, they would play the videos for them and Miley Cyrus and all them all the See, time. Hey, dude, uh, do it. But us I listened to those. And, huh? Sorry.
1: Do us a favor and never say that ever again. Sorry. <laughs> i trying to think of the
0: shows that Disney had when I was a kid. Smart Guy.
1: Smart ah. Guy was one
0: of them. Uh, I remember they used to play some concerts. Yeah. Like little, uh, like I remember an scene concert they had on there one time that was a big deal.
1: Yeah. Back in my day, it was you, if you didn't have a giant satellite like we have outside, you weren't getting the Disney Channel. It was just not going to happen for you. Um, what celebrity doesn't get the credit that they deserve? <laughs> this is a terrible question. None of them deserve any credit. Um,
0: I would say everybody that's been on the show Jackass. There you go. There you go. Because they have put their lives on the line for entertainment. They're wacky. They're crazy. They're stupid.
1: That's a great answer, But
0: Mitch. They have, um, boy. Who hasn't been entertained by something they've done? Nobody will go further than they do, and they've always been underpaid when it comes to those movies. That's
1: a great point, man. Really, that's truly a good observation. Um, I think Dolly Parton, she does a lot for her kids, like reading and stuff. My wife signed our daughter up. Every month, she gets a free book in the mail, mm-hmm. and that's all part of Dolly Parton's. She wants uh, Dolly Parton wants kids all over the country to read. And if I don't know the website, but go to it and sign your kid up for it, it's a really cool deal. Way to go, Dolly Parton, Mike Judge. Yes. Oh, so
2: creative, and we're just so used to seeing all of it. Beavis and
0: Butthead.
1: King of the Hill. King of the Hill.
0: Travion, what's your answer? Celebrity that doesn't give enough credit. Get enough credit. I don't know. Trayvon. All right. Well, because you didn't know, <laughs> since you know the time, you uh, you finished the show. Go ahead and take us out. Well, you know, everybody have a good Fourth of July weekend. <laughs> I don't know. That was good. No, no keep going. <laughs> keep going. Finish it. Yeah. Hey, we'll see you on Monday. Yeah. Right. Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. So we'll see you Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs>
2: <laughs> take care, guys.